Amen. So today we're going to invite everybody to come and hear and be healed. Amen. To come and hear and be healed. Praise God. This is uh, an established uh, rule or method in which God does heal people. You'll see many times in the Bible it talks about Jesus and the people that were in his multitude of followers. Uh, we need to understand that every big crowd that was around him was not there for the same reason. Amen. Just like it is now in our assemblies in the church. Many times people are coming because they feel led by the Holy Spirit. They feel drawn by God. Some people come out of a a tradition, uh, and that's not all bad. Good traditions are better than bad traditions. And uh, Jesus went to the synagogue, he said, because it was his tradition to go there. Didn't say he got much. Make sure you go to a place where you get much, amen, where you can get your needs met and uh, you're not just following the traditions of men. But Jesus was there to make a difference. He was there on assignment to bring his people Israel into the new covenant and to show the Gentile that God was their God too. And so as he went about doing that, God would confirm, God the Father would confirm his words that he preached with signs following. So if you turn to Luke chapter 6, in verse 17, I think it is, it says here, And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the east coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So it's good to go to church or go to God with a purpose, with something in mind. Because God has something in mind every time he gets his people together. He wants to change us. He wants to heal us. He wants to meet every single need that is represented in that place. It says, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. So he was able to heal a multitude of of different diseases when people came to do what? Hear and be healed. Many people will, you know, we've gotten this reputation sometimes in the body of Christ where we see a popular TV preacher coming to our town and many people just want to be there with nothing in mind. They want to be in the crowd. They want to be in the number. And when they go back to their dead church, they want to tell their little friends, I was at so-and-so's healing meeting over the weekend. And sometimes they can be sick themselves and not think about going for the purpose of being healed. Now, it'll shock you what people will say when they get to the altar. That's where everybody tells the truth. (laughs) I've had people come up with obvious uh limitations physical limitations and and i'll ask them what they want because you can't you know if i say do you want to be healed everybody will say yes if you ask people what they want sometimes you find out the truth and this person told me they wanted a financial blessing and so i prayed for that and i said well don't you want to be healed oh i'm good i just need some money so don't ever take it for granted that every you understand. I'm just saying that to say to help you to understand how to get the most out of these experiences that we have with God. 
always come with it on your mind that you're going to ask him to take care of something. I don't care if it's a hangnail. I don't care if it's a runny nose. I don't care what it is. But you're going to seek God to to heal you and bring you back to where you need to be. In Luke chapter 5, we see another example of the same thing. This is purposeful. Uh, I would say perfect, purposeful church attendance. <laughs> Luke chapter 5. That's why you always see people be more intent. When saints are in trouble, they get the notes out. They get the pen out. They get to try to get up to the front row and, you know, and, and get there on time. Uh, Luke 5, 15. It says, <clears throat> this was, uh, he cleansed the leper and, and he told people not to say anything, told not to say anything, go show himself to the priests and so forth. And verse 15, but he says, so much the more there went out a fame abroad about him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by them, by him, of their infirmities. So Jesus, they came out to hear him based on an announcement that he made. You'll see it over in Luke chapter 4. You always have to announce what God's going to do. When Jesus read the scripture in Isaiah, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight of the blind, to heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When you said that to a Jew, that triggered something in him. And that was the 70-year year year of Jubilee. Acceptable year of the Lord means all debts are canceled, all property goes back to you. I don't care if you gambled the money away and lost your house. God is not the kind of God to leave you broke forever. Huh? He'd rather see his disobedient kids with it than to see the devil's people with it. Somebody needs to shout. Hallelujah. You know, we say, say disobedient kids, everybody look around like, who, what? <laughs> not me, couldn't be. Huh? Well, that covers everything. So if he can bless the disobedient, certain you little righteous one who does everything right, you should be at the head of the list. Whatever. But Jesus wants to heal everybody who's sick. Don't ever doubt his wanting to. Don't ever doubt his willingness. And don't ever doubt that he will be with you and will help you. So he had announced in Luke chapter 4 that it was now the acceptable year of the Lord and he was anointed to help people. Now they had not seen a prophet except for John the Baptist in almost 400 years. So this was long overdue to the Jew who was really looking for the Messiah to come and to help their cause. Many people want many things from God. As a believer, you should want everything that you get from him. You don't want anything on your own. You don't want any bootleg stuff from anybody. 
And you certainly, now doctors can help you, that's one thing, but you don't go to them first. You go to God first, amen? If he directs you that way, then you go that way. But many times, if you will talk to God about these things and start pulling out your word, huh? a little dusty Bible has been sitting there for a while, you carry it to church, don't open it at church, and you know, people kill me trying to look cool. Like if... If you don't read your Bible, you don't open a Bible. It looks like you know everything. I mean, the devil jump on you anywhere. You can be hungry for God and barely crawl into the church and sit up in that chair and then act like you start looking at everybody else. I can't look like I need God up in here. Huh? <laughs> you need to be the first one to jump into the pool. Amen. It pays. It pays. It pays. So Jesus came to free the brokenhearted, bind up the wounds, preach recovery of sight to the blind. So this was good news as the removal of the ravages of sin was now open to humanity freely. Whatever sin has stolen, the year of God's favor is here. It's been here. Amen. You don't have to wait for a season of healing. In God's kingdom. It's always open to you to be healed. If it's open to you to have a roof over your head and a job and food, it's open to you to be healed. It's so necessary for us. So with his reading of the scripture from Isaiah, Jesus set the stage for people to simply believe what they heard and he would heal them. That's why he would say only believe. That means believe and not doubt. Believe and don't add any of your works to it. You know, if you sit up and listen to these people on television, they'll have you convinced that you deserve to be sick. I mean, it's bad enough when the devil does it on his own. You know, everything leads to something. You know, everything that's human, you know, the first thing we as believers need to understand is our sins are forgiven. You got me? And you keep that uppermost in your mind and keep short accounts with God. Don't go around doing stuff and don't repent. You know, that'll heap condemnation on you and deservedly so. But you don't have to live in condemnation. You can live condemnation free. But you have to live close to God in order you take on his spirit. You take on his understanding. You take on his truth when you walk in the spirit with him. You walk out here in the world and you pick up everything that they believe. People believe, these young people that are 20 and under and and coming into their early 20s believe that the world is going to come to an end because of global warming and some kind of carbon footprint. That makes me want to make more of them. Stinking devil. You know what it is? You know, it's like the communists used to say, first we take God from them. You take God from people, they'll believe anything. They believe they're destroying the earth by breathing. They're destroying the earth by living. You know, you let that idea get take root in enough people, 
and you'll have dictators on your hand you have communists on your hand they'll make you you can't say anything in front of people they take you to court and sue you call it hate speech when you preach the gospel you can't preach against sin you can't preach against anything because the the word nazis I thought the Christians were bad enough. Remember, we went around rebuking everybody else. You can't say that. Don't say that. Watch your confession. You know, they weren't. We weren't edifying each other and helping us get the right words to say. We just went around correcting everybody. Well, now the world's taking over. You can't preach against homosexuality. Somebody take your court and try to take everything you got. You can't refuse to make a cake with two people of the same sex on it. No matter what your conscience before God tells you to do, the government is going to try to make you do it anyway. So you got to stay away from the worldly mentality of things, folks. That's why the Bible says we are converted through the washing by the water of the word. You think you don't have to wash your brain out from what worldly people pour into that every day? I got news for you. That word will be your refuge, honey. You've got a sanctuary in your Bible, and you've got healing in your Bible, too. But stay away from these worldly things. You know, people tell doctors, say, well, what did your parents have? I say, nothing. I never talked to them about it. I never knew they were sick. (laughs) I talked to them about no sickness. We talked about other things. We weren't that kind of family. Uh Uh-huh. I know my great-granny chewed tobacco, and she could hit you with a tomahawk from 50 feet. She'd she catch you stealing something, and she would whoop, and you dropped what you had. That's all I know about my people. Huh? Let's keep it short. Now, why do I say that? Now, people say, oh, <laughs> shut up. You have no medical history. You are redeemed from the curse of sickness. Don't you know the devil's trying to take that away from you and hang some sickness on you that didn't even exist in your family, but he'll try to make something up. Don't get me started. I got to have a mint. If your sins are forgiven, your past history is forgiven, your there's no generational curse on you. Let's cut this nonsense out. All that stuff, nothing but carnal-minded people trying to sound spiritual. You give more power to the curse than you do the blessing, you're out of order. How'd you get the blessing? By faith in what the blood did for you, not by doing everything right. You kidding me? So we're going to hear and be healed, not condemned. Amen. You're not going to be condemned. You're not going to be responsible for what's happened to your body. It's for the glory of God. You got me? Anything that happens to you is for God's glory. And he gets glory out of it when you're healed, not while you're sick. You just let him have and watch him work. You'll be praising, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. God took every symptom out of my body, and I feel good, and I'm going to stay feeling good in Jesus' name. 
So Jesus, when he preached, he would set the stage for people to hear and be healed. Now that's the condition. You must hear what God says. A lot of people want to be healed, but they will want to hear. They're called skeptics. They want to see if God can do it, see what he's going to do. Well, you got to come believing. you got to come proper, you know. We don't do that to worldly people. If you want something from man, you respect him, treat him nice, kiss up to him, schmooze him, judge him, whatever you call yourself doing. But you'll find a way to get next to somebody so you can get what you need. That's just normal. So the way you get next to God is you believe what he says. You must come believing. And you must believe that God has anointed the person who is preaching to heal. You got me? You've got to believe in the anointing. It doesn't happen by magic. So we have to set these things up so that your believing can be correct. In Proverbs 4, if you'll turn there, and this scripture I read at every healing service, because it lays the foundation for why you should believe. Amen? Why should you believe? <clears throat> Proverbs 4 and verse 20 begins my son attend to my words in other words pay attention that's all it is is quit listening to uh you know dr phil or dr so-and-so or web md i know what y'all be doing huh they got slick and sit up and sneak on the internet. You find something. The doctor say you got something. You find it on the internet. Why? So you can get more bad news. God ain't told you to find WebMD. He said, find me. <laughs> says, my son, pay attention to my words. Don't pay attention to what they say. Well, I, I, I don't want to be in denial. You not? What you worried about denial? And they say you got cancer. Denial won't kill you. Cancer will. Well, one person got it. I'm thinking about y'all. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. I'll go outside and find me somebody. Oops, did I say that? Okay. All right. 20. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. That's what God says. When you go into the doctor, he'll shake you up. I know I got busted on some blood pressure. And uh, God said, now listen, when you go in there, you keep listening to me. Won't you listen to what they're telling you? Because my word is still good. Amen. Uh, No matter what they tell you, my word is still good. So, you know, I got indicted on a lot of charges. Huh? But I pled the blood before I went in there, pled the blood of... And you talk about a sister get repentant. Who oh God, I'm sorry. Did I say in so and so? Who did I offend? I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make get the slobbering and crying. And, you know, all they're going to do is give you a pill. You know, it's, <laughs> you know I'm, going, I'm like going to the electric chair. Because I hate it. I hate to see the word fail in my life because of not attending to it the way I need to. You got me? 
and so you can let the devil you know get you on a lot of reps like every time i get on the scale i said you know what i'm saying and then in your mind they say oh obesity i'm I'm, yeah that was one of the charges they brought me up on in the doctors i'm officially obese so you know that leads to and they keep looking for now you know i they nailed me on the pressure because i call myself sneaking taking some stealing some water pills and treating myself so i got busted on there practicing medicine without license too you know how us saints do when we don't want to face the truth and so i talked i said to myself i said god i said i think this one ain't gonna move as fast as i was hoping it would go move you know why it's not because i don't let the devil convince me to put myself under penalty for my overeating again i know i eat too much and i confess it and i say god please 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 take the calories out you know well as long as you're trying to do it yourself it ain't gonna move you gotta release that thing to god let the devil charge you with accuse you of all kind of evil things you know what i'm saying and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day you've got to still know that you are healed because of his stripes you got me you're still healed i'm still healed i'm still healed and you've got to let that healing word have the last word in your life so I made up my mind when I went in there. I said, oh, Lord. I said, if I go in there wrong, I said, they're going to put everything on me. And the doctor said, well, your blood sugar is normal, but I got to check your A1C. I said, who is that devil? <laughs> now, when I was in nursing, it was the blood sugar, and that was all. Now they got another devil they could throw at you. And he said, well, it's borderline. I said, I ain't crossing no borders. I say, I'm a U.S. citizen, and I'm staying on my <laughs> You know, he thought it was funny, but I was dead serious. I ain't going over in diabetes land. Are you kidding me? I ain't going over there. He threw enough charges at me already. So I worked my faith to get myself 100% back to where I was before. I want to lose weight. That's not new to me to be, but, you know, as I always say, I'm working on it. All right, you're working on it. So what you going to do? You're working on it, you're working on it. But God's mercy covers our faults, our weaknesses, our sins. It's so funny. We would be coming back from uh, empowerment meeting. And, uh, you know, I, I get in this trouble sometimes working for God. That went over pretty good. It's half and half. But I would notice that when the anointing would wear off, you know, I'd be so hungry. And I'd tell the girls, I said, keep the potato chips out of here. Give me three bags. You know, and it was just over then, right? We buy them little, little teeny bags, them little dollar bags. They don't go very far. I got four of them, to, you know, when they when it wears off it's off huh a lot of people you know they're uh mahesh shavda 
It's a weight problem. He fasts for 40 days, though. You don't tell me you don't get rebound eating after you'd have been without food for 40 days. Come on now. We just human. <laughs> God knows we're just flesh. And that's all it is. Flesh is not bigger than God. Your flesh is never bigger than God. It'll never separate you from his love. Amen. Every time I get up, I think, oh, Lord, here we go again. It's like lifting weights. You think I get stronger and thinner, but I don't know, whatever, you know. But we're working on it. Give it over to the Lord. Don't deal with it no more. But he tells us, he says, listen to what I tell you. So what that means is you can't listen to some other things. You must not consider those things. You have to shut those things out of your thinking and out of your hearing. He says, Attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, when I start talking, stretch out to hear me. Give that your full attention. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Woo! Remember the old days? We all used to do that. Write a scripture down, put it on the lampshade, put it on the everything. You keep it, and pretty soon, whatever you were believing for came to pass. Well, that's supposed to be a lifestyle. That's not supposed to do a, be a, a thing when you do when you're desperate. We're desperate every day for what God has for us. We're always desperate for him. He says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them there. Sometimes, you know, you just think to yourself, let me turn off this television, put a big scripture up there. You know, bad as I need stuff from God, I'm sitting up here wasting my time with reruns that you pay a $150 cable bill for every month and your Bible is free. Got me? Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's how they get in there. What's in your eyes and what you focus on. What you meditate on gets in your heart. That's why you can fall in love with anybody and everything. I'm not going to really go there right now, but I'm going to say that. That's free. Huh? That's why, you know, God tells us not to even keep company, not fellowship with unbelievers. He told Israel that. He said, pretty soon, he said, if you don't get away from these people, these heathen people, you're going to start serving their God. Oh, I would never do that. You're going to start eating their food. Oh, I never. You're going to start marrying your kids to their kids. Oh, I'd never do that. Well, they almost say. Yeah, and I'm almost rich, too, but I ain't there yet wrong with people i don't understand people i really don't they mostly say so you drag them over to the to the church and get them halfway praying in tongues probably then schooled them already in the car before you bring them in here it's a thought that will make you do anything when you got all that in front of your eyes all the time. That's why God says, pay attention to my word. Huh? It, 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 yeah. And he says, hearing 
is what does it. Listening. It sound like any works in that? Does it sound like you got to get everything from the health food store in order to? Whole foods. God busted me at something I did recently. I was, I I had uh, met someone and went and visited their church, and they were telling me that they had recently uh, biked. biked some, some, so many miles and stuff. And I said, oh, I thought they were talking motorcycle. They talking about a pedaling. I'm going, oh, my goodness. And then she said, yeah, I take this supplement. So guess who? Now I don't want to bike nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wait till you get almost whatever age I'm almost and see what you think. Huh? <laughs> I figure... I ain't biking nowhere, but at least I can get up out the chair like a thin slip of a girl that I really am up in here. I can bounce out of my... So I saw myself bouncing. I took them, I took them bad boys for like 30, 40 days, and I started itching. Oh, Lord. And I'm already, I'm already in the bootleg category with my quote-unquote turkey neck developing. So I got me a little cream I slap up there. So the cream didn't break me out, so I figured that's okay with God. So, you know, you want to push it a little bit. I'm going to, you know, instead of believing the word, they renew my youth like the eagles. Wait on the Lord and they renew, you know what I'm saying? Got to get a shortcut. So my shortcut started itching me. I had my skin change. It like got pimply, and I never had that before. And I'm looking at them. What is wrong with me? It took me about a month for that stuff to really flush out of my system, where I finally quit itching. You understand what I'm saying? So of course I went back to Lord to listen. To Lord, do you know how old I am? He said, Yeah. You ain't old enough to start going crazy, though. You understand what I'm saying? So cut it out. Huh? Yeah, y'all can laugh. You in your 40s and 50s, just keep laughing and see where where that gets you. Huh? You know the girl be trying. I'm thinking, I said, shoot, she's almost my age and on a bike all I said, wait a minute. Hold it. Let me give me some of that. Well, I repented, okay? I'm right back to where... (laughs) I'm right back in my box again. But we got to pay attention to his word and his word only. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's people everywhere that's getting, maybe that's right for her and that's okay. But if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. So you got to stay with God and find out what's right for you. So your instructions from God can reverse what caused your illness. And we'll see that in situations here. God has a way to be healed that's tailor-made for you in your situation. Got me? So that's why Jesus puts himself in charge of us and in charge of our bodies, in charge of our minds, in charge of our healings. He does not want us to just grab a formula from somebody and try to put it to work. 
Now, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 is not a formula of works. It is a, a way to build your faith to drive disease out so that the word alone will manifest in your body. And that's a process sometimes. Sometimes it's an instant thing where the anointing, the gifts of healing will work and drive it out. But I do know that this scripture will work, period, for anybody, anywhere. Whether you can get to a healing meeting or you can't get to a healing meeting, this scripture will work for you. You have to, The one thing you can't do is put a time limit on it. Because that's probably the problem. We don't do stuff long enough to get anything from God. You know, if you want something, you go after it. Huh? You young people, young you know what this is about. Stuff you want, you go after. You don't care what your parents say. You don't care what the pastor say. I know I got a head in. This man. Bring it home today. Don't bother to wrap it up. I'll take it just like it is. Hmm? Then you get it home, and then you want to come to church. Just a thought. Nothing wrong with it. We could have saved you a step. Huh? Thank God you want to come to church when it backfires on you. Praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about some people that God cured, Jesus healed while he walked the earth. And we believe that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. This is why we say these Read these stories because then these stories will prophesy to you that the same thing is happening in you right then, right there. You got me? And so believe that as we read these scriptures and these accounts and God opens your understanding that these same things that happen to these people are happening to you right now. So in, I think this, which one do I want? This is the woman with the issue of blood. I think I want... Mark chapter 5, we have three accounts of her healing. Why do they have it given by three different people? When you tell a story, your mind has you remember certain things. Now, all this is done by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit works with your gift and with your ability and with the way that you understand things. For instance, Pastor Shirley and I can take the same verse of Scripture and come up with two different points out of that same Scripture because we are different people who have different gifts. You got me? And so this is why God puts, that, puts it this way. But the fact that this story is told three times lets you know it is extremely important. <clears throat> and so, yeah, this is the one I want, Mark chapter 5. In verse 21, when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, many people gathered unto him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed 
and she shall live. Now this man was ministered to by the Holy Spirit. The way you can tell people are ministered to by the Holy Spirit is Jesus responds affirmatively to them. He responds when there's faith, and faith is delivered by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus appears to be in agreement with this man that he's going to come to his house, and he's going to pray for his sick daughter. And this man is expecting her to be healed because he says so. So the Holy Spirit has worked with this man according to what he knows this man will respond to and give him peace. So he does that with everybody. If, if, if some of us who are accustomed, say for instance a simple thing like the laying on of hands. Many times God will move and he will bless people or heal them by the spoken word and by his power without touching. Sometimes it does require the laying on of hands, but you'll find many times that people who are accustomed to releasing their faith by the laying on of hands prefer that. And God allows that. You got me? At some point, you'll get to the place where if God wants you to get there, you'll get to the place to just receive it yourself. But that's not guaranteed for everybody. So he works with everybody on the level where they, they like to be worked on. And, and the anointing is very comforting to some people. And, they, you know, when you're irritated, you need a little comfort, whatever it is. And so we see God working with this man because this man somehow believes that Jesus must come to where this sick girl is in order for her to be healed. Now, if you look at the, the uh, centurion with the, the sick servant, it was different. That man told Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Oh, well, what do you think was going on under his roof? Huh? Everybody in the blanket. Because that's what Romans did. They were pagan people. They had, he probably had all kinds. He had Diana over here. He had Mars over here. He had Jupiter over here. You know, as a, a you know, he said, no, 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 no. Just don't come in there. You come in there, you might change your mind. You understand what I'm saying? And so he said, if you speak the word only, I know it'll work. Because he said, him speaking the word. He said, I know because I'm under authority, he's under authority, and I know that works. So many times people will choose a method that circumvents their fear. No, if you think if a holy man is going to come in your, to your house and you don't live holy, what do you think you're going to do? I remember my, uh, my father-in-law passed away, and they were not churchgoers. And so we had to have, uh, our pastor was going to do the service, and he wanted to come over and visit his widow. And so I noticed her. She cleaned off the coffee table, put the cigarettes and the ashtrays away, and brought the Bible out and opened it up on the table. Some people know they ain't worthy for, you understand what I'm saying? You fix it up so somebody will feel comfortable and think they're, you know what I'm saying. You know how people do and so this man didn't feel to do that. Probably has so much junk around there. 
Like, what do I put away? And so he said, no, I don't even bother. Just send your word and this man, this servant will be healed. And the man was healed. Amen. So God will work around your insecurities, your inadequacies, your fears. When you can get all of that pushed to the side, then your faith is free to seek God and receive what it is that you need for him. And so many times God will honor that because we have so much junk bombarding us and so many problems in releasing our faith. You ever get an answer to prayer and almost feel guilty and you think, I don't even remember doing nothing right to get this. You liars, you know you've done that before. Don't put me out there by myself. Well, if you haven't, you will. Pay attention to things. (laughs) Let's pay attention here. But, you know, sometimes you start to try to think, oh, how did I deserve this? What did I do? And you can't think of nothing. Huh? That's God. Amen. Your faith works even when you're in your mind, carnal mind, doubting, unbelieving. So here we have this, this rule of the synagogue. He wants his daughter healed. And he said, come lay hands on her. Those are his conditions. That's where he's released his faith to. That's where he's comfortable if Jesus would do that, then I know that she will, re- will be healed. And Jesus went with him. Many people followed him. Now, why do you think them people are going? Yeah, this is the spectacle crowd. Huh? If you can get people healed in some of these crowds that people have, you're a good one. You got me? Because Jesus, many times, it says all these people are following him. And it almost looks like. This centurion and the woman with the issue of blood are the only ones in faith there. Faith will make you stand out to God. I don't care how many devils are around, how much hell is around you, how many people, religious people around you, how many dead churches you go in. You get enough courage to exercise some faith and God will meet you. There people been called, been prayed, prayed for by the elders of the church just because they had the title. And God honored their faith and healed them. These people are unbelieving people. You know, there was a, a story of a woman that, that went to her pastor and uh, showed him James five fourteen and said, God said, you're going you, you're gonna to heal my husband. He's sick in the hospital, and, and I want you to pray for him. He said, lady, I don't have faith. She said, I got the faith. You do the praying. You understand me? She dragged him off to the hospital. They prayed for old Jim who was in a coma, and old Jim got up out the coma. Got me? The prayer of faith saves the sick. Amen? It's nice that the elders got faith too, but the prayer of faith will save the sick. If she prayed and she had the faith, that's what saved him. Amen? And so so uh, here we have uh, the woman then comes up. Jesus is on his way to heal this girl. Much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, now listen, if all those people had been around him believing for a miracle, you would have seen stories of healing everywhere in that group. But they're all close to him, pushing up on him just to see something, just to be in the crowd. That's the way people are. You know, uh, Norval Hayes was saying, he says, now, he said, when I tell these kinds of stories, you'll get maybe 1% of the Christians to really believe it. 
when he goes through what you need to do in order to build your faith up to be healed. And so there's a great disconnect many times when when people need something from God. They get easily distracted either by symptoms or by fear or what the doctors told them or what the last lab report was. You cannot listen to that. And you can choose what you listen to. Everybody can. If you don't believe me, explain to me how you can tell your kid to take out the garbage 15 times and they don't move. Uh, You can laugh. You know what I'm saying? You choose what you listen to. You choose what you decide to obey. You choose what you remember. What you hide in your heart. So this woman with the issue of blood then, she comes up behind him. Verse 26, she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was not better but rather grew worse. So really, Jesus is really waiting for some people's money to run out. Because you're waiting on your money to run out before you do something different. Huh? She has suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had and was not better, but got worse. When she heard, oh, now we hear about Jesus. Huh? That's why I say we get broke, busted, and disgusted. It's easy for God to get our attention. Huh? Now, that's not to put condemnation on anybody, but many times we don't alert ourselves to the need. See, very few people go to God first. I know that's a fact. You got me? As long as we can finagle a way to get it and rob Peter, pay Paul, and do something exotic and creative like that, we'll do that. But seldom do we go to God and just say, you know what, God, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from you. You make yourself a nervous wreck. Sitting there thinking, oh, I could do this. But I said I wouldn't go do it. I wouldn't do that. Instead of giving him ownership of our lives, ownership of your body, ownership of everything that you possess and you hold dear. So he says, she had an issue of blood 12 years, suffered many physicians, got worse. When she heard of Jesus, she was intent at this point. She was focused. She was ready to hear. As long as she had money, she probably heard he might do something. He's been healing all these people. But she said, no, nah, I'll go to the doctor. I ain't, I ain't desperate yet. God doesn't care if you wait till you get desperate. He loves you enough to heal you anyhow. You think he's, waved, he's not going to heal you because you passed up? We passed up a lot of opportunities to get saved, but he did not save us. He saved us anyway. Huh? He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He loves us. Isaiah 53 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Huh? Everybody's gone their own way. There's no exceptions. But he said, but the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. So he knows you're going to go astray. You think that's news to God? 
He knows you're going to follow your own way. He knows you're going to exhaust everything you have first and then come to him when you broke, busted, and get disgusted and last. That's how I got saved. I was doing very, very well, I thought, on my own till my life fell out from under me. And then I thought about God. Amen? So he doesn't care when you come as long as you come in faith. He says, it says, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him, he couldn't see her, and touched his garment. For she said, if I could but touch him, I shall be whole. This is what faith told her. Your faith must tell you you will be healed or you will be made whole. You understand what I'm saying? It's got to tell you. If you do this, you'll get it. Faith will always tell you if you do this, you'll get it. That's why people can get healed off of listening to the word, and that's all they listen to. A Proverbs 4, it's medicine and it's health to your bones. It will heal you, and it's health to your body. It will heal you 100%. And that's how people get it. You've got to believe if you listen to the word and pay attention to it and nothing else, you'll get it. You've got to believe that, or that scripture won't work for you. Many people sit under the word with no focus, no aim, no believing, no thinking it's going to heal them. You've got to sit under that word with the intent that it is healing you. You can't just sit under there mindless and putting in your obligation. People get put in a coffin doing that. I've seen it enough to know you've got to understand that putting in time in the word will heal your flesh. You give it your full attention. Don't have it plugged in your ear looking at the soap opera. Huh? Give that time 100% to God. That word will do all the work. She said within herself, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And right away, the minute she touched it, that bleeding stopped, and she knew within herself she said within herself and she knew within herself this is a within yourself thing when you're healed you know it when you're saved you know it how do you know it you know it by the inner witness of the holy spirit holy spirit just impress your way to get to that meeting and you get in there and i'll heal you and if you believe that, that point of contact, when you get it, I've had people get healed in the lobby. <laughs> you know, I remember a lady came in here, and she had had such a hard time getting here. She had called several times, and she said, well, I'm just going to get on. She wanted somebody to give her a ride. There was nobody in her area. I'm going to get a friend of mine to take me to bus stop. I'm going to get in that bus, and I'm going to get there. I knew she was going to get healed when she leaped over that hurdle. Got me? If the devil can stop you through inconvenience, he will. Not that that stops you from anything else you want. You go to buy something, your card is declined. First thing you do, I got another one. Let me see if I can find me another one in here. Go to rifle your person. Don't tell me y'all don't do that. You want something bad enough, you'll leap over every hurdle to get there. Used to be, if a car was declined, we'd get ashamed 
and walk away. Ain't no shame in this card game, honey. I'm finding one that work. You understand what I'm saying? I got something in here that's going to work. I got three kids out there. No, you don't want none of my kids. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to find something to work if you want it, want what, what's there. And so the minute she came into the lobby, I was standing out there at the table, you know, looking at <laughs> make Baba some money. You know, I wasn't even thinking about meeting going on just yet. I was going to get there. And she saw me, and I saw her. She said, oh, Pastor Bar, and I felt the anointing go wham. And she said, I said, yeah, honey, you healed. I said, you must have told God, or he told you if you get there, you'd be healed. The minute she got there, she received her healing. Praise God. I haven't seen her since. Hopefully she stayed healed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So she says, if I touch his clothes, I will be whole. Jewish people believed that there was healing power in the garments of the high priest. See, there was a lot of stuff she knew about God. That's why the physician thing didn't work. Just saying. What you sitting on your faith for, huh? See, many times we have faith we don't even know we have until we start exercising it, huh? It's like that little broke up $50 bill in your back of your purse you're saving for emergencies. Don't let your faith be like that, huh? Don't let your faith be like that. Have your faith out at all times. Make your faith active in everything that you do. And it'll be more normal for you to look to God for healing and things that you used to think were impossible to live under. And so she touches him, and straight away she felt in her body that she was healed. The blood dried up, and Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Disciples said to him, there's a lot of people touching you. What do you mean who touched you? If a lot of people were touching him the way she was, a lot of people would have been healed. You got me? Many times people are in a crowd just to be there, not to receive anything from God. Always make sure that you have a purpose when you go into me. God, I'm going to receive greater knowledge. I'm going to receive an anointing that's going to help my neighbor. I'm going to receive wisdom and knowledge, even if you're fine in your body. So be there with a purpose. And so Jesus realized that she had touched him in faith where nobody else was. Isn't that amazing? Multitude of people out there. So far we got two people in faith. Just two out of a whole multitude. And so when she came and she knew that this was her moment, she touched him. She completed her instructions by the Holy Spirit, and she was healed. Many times we begin believing God and wanting to be healed, but we never complete our instructions from God. Give up on it. Well, decide it's not that bad. I only heard a little bit. God doesn't want us living like that. He wants us whole. He died and paid for you to be whole. So this lady received her healing. 
Jesus was able to get to the ruler of the synagogue to his house. By the time he got there, the daughter was dead. Now, if that ruler of the synagogue had set a different point of contact for his daughter's healing, God would have honored that. But why did he say, come to my house and lay hands on her? Well, he was used to bossing religious people around. Uh, You're the ruler of the synagogue? And he won't come to your house? But God will even honor our little carnal wishes. Why? Because he looks past that man's pride his stature all this kind of stuff yeah what would he look like going to jesus and say well you don't have to come he would be diminished in stature in his own eyes before men but god just looked past all that he looked at the little sick girl at home and he said okay i'll do it see jesus has compassion on the sick he ain't thinking about the asker You understand what I'm saying? He is wanting to get that little girl sick. He can't help it if her daddy's who he is. That ain't her problem. Her problem is she's sick and he's the healer and the man has come to him the best way he knows how. At least he's got faith working. He knows that if he lays hands on her, she'll be healed. But I'm telling you, many times we don't come proper. And God overlooks your improper. Because he looks at the request and he looks at the one who with the need and he wants to meet that need. He can overlook anything to meet a need. So that's just settle the question of have I prayed enough? Have I done this enough? Have I done no, 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 and no. But he's still going to do it because he said so. Amen. He'll do it because he said so. In, um, so that's those two. So the centurion set himself up to have his faith stretched. You put a lot of conditions on God, and you're going to have to stretch your faith to meet him sometimes. So we'll finish this story with this guy. We'll just finish here. In verse 32, he looked around about to see who had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Well, that's a good place to start your new life healed. Is telling the truth. Just a thought. And she says, he said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be whole of your plague. While he yet spoke, there came the ruler of the synagogue, somebody, a servant, coming to him and said, your daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? Well, you can see he wasn't dependent on the servant's faith, was he? And he says, Jesus, as soon as Jesus heard this word spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, listen, you can watch yourself with your visitors, your friends, your homies, your BFFs, all in people when you need something from God. Got me? Because this man came with the spirit of fear on him. Where did he come from? The house where the sick girl was. 
So we got everybody in fear around the one who's needing to be healed. That's why she died. I'm going to say it again. Be careful about any bro-bro, man-man, pookie, nim, when they start coming up from Georgia and Atlanta and in L.A. and all these places to see you. You put a big sign over your hospital door and say, no visitors allowed. And they go say, oh, she done went like that. I'm her cousin from you and Last time you saw a cousin, they was in diapers and now they're 40 years old. All of a sudden, they show up at your sick bed. Why? You don't have to buy a plane ticket to send a prayer. Don't get me started. The minute Jesus heard that man with his words, he protected the ruler of the synagogue. He protects your faith. Huh? They said immediately when them words hit the atmosphere, Jesus took them and yanked them down. He said, don't receive that. Isn't that what your Bible says? I don't care which translation you got. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to receive and what not to receive. When you're standing in faith for a healing, you're standing in faith for whatever. Words start coming to you to take your faith away. You're not alone. You're not standing there by yourself having to fight off all this stuff. Oh, I got somebody warfare over me. You ain't got nothing. Because if it's something coming to you to steal your faith, Jesus immediately pulls you back into where you belong. Huh? Faith or fear will get you into a zone, baby. You have to watch what you let come near you. You have to watch what you let enter your heart, enter your mind. Many people that that say they love you are not sent by God at that time to help you. Got to make sure what you get is helping what you need. Doesn't mean they don't love you, but they're dealing with what they know. And many people only know fear. So immediately, says 36, as soon as Jesus heard that word, he turned to him and said, don't be afraid, only believe. That means believe and not doubt. Believe and not say, well, what if? Believe and and don't make any plans for the next. You know, who's going to make the coffin? Where are we going to get this? Who's going to bring the casseroles? You know, all that kind of stuff they do. People start planning to wake before you, you know, before you're even cold. In their minds, you're gone already. They watch them kind of people. You know, you don't have to put up a fight with anybody, but, you know, God will help you to stay protected from them. So he tells me, don't believe, don't be afraid, only believe. So Jesus protects this man's faith until they get to the house so that he can pray with her. Jesus has to follow this man's instructions. 
he can't now switch it up and speak the word and heal her. Why? Because her healing has to come as a result of her daddy faith. Your children get a lot of stuff they get based on your faith. So when your faith sets a certain condition, then God has to set that condition, follow through on that condition for you to receive. Amen? Or your faith isn't real anymore. He's not switching up his, this man's faith. He's protecting it until he gets to the place where he, he has already set the condition for it with what he has. God won't leap you over where you're comfortable faith-wise. He will work through the avenues that your faith sets because they're set by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has to respect what the Holy Spirit has spoken to this man's heart in order to get what he needs. The ruler of the synagogue probably wait till the last minute to talk to Jesus anyway. You think about it. This girl's been sick. He's been seeing Jesus walk around for days, weeks, months. What do religious people do? It ain't that bad. I believe I receive. So he probably been going around believing, receiving, not getting anything. And then finally the little girl takes a turn for the words and <gasps> takes off. God doesn't care. He does not care. He does not care that you put it off forever. He don't care. You know, people will say, oh, we got a cancer prevention week. Which is just an excuse for a lot of people rich already get more money. I want to see the books from what they collect in these marathons. And these little pink ribbons. Buku money up in there. But God really doesn't care. How long it takes for you to make up your mind to trust him. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Many people find faith they didn't think they had when they run out of everything else. Huh? It is never too late. So Jesus walks with this man to his home. And in verse 39, it says, in verse 38, it says, he comes to the house of the ruler. Now, this is the other thing. It says, when Jesus left that place, what did he do with all the multitudes of people? Hello? If they were full of faith, he would have taken them. Hello? You know, we see big numbers and we think wonderful things in God happen over there. Now, I'm just saying, folks, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But just numbers and multitudes mean nothing. Jesus went to a lot of places and he said they said he could do no mighty works there. And trust me, he preached, he taught, and he healed everywhere he went. He didn't skip the preaching and teaching and try to just leap over to the healing. 
He tried to build those people faith up, but they wouldn't receive many times. So they said he couldn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He just laid hands on a few sick folks. So it's like rebuke the fever. Okay, you're healed. Uh, you got a, you, a little limpy gimpy on your, okay, you're healed, that kind of stuff. That's all he could do. And so people can receive and hear or they can skip that part. And just want to go and see, you know, when the music comes on, they start praying for people. Let's see if anybody gets anything. You got me? And so don't be like that. Be somebody who's there to receive everything all the time. So Jesus had to leave all them people behind. He told them, show's over. Go home. I ain't feeding nobody today. The minute he said, I ain't feeding nobody, they all left. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, there was fear in that man's house. That was a major problem. He's the ruler of the synagogue. Nobody with faith in there. And they, it says, when he was come in, verse 39, he said to them, Why are you making all this noise and weeping? She's not dead, she's sleeping. And they laughed at him. Huh? Laughed him to scorn. That's what fear does in the face of faith. Y'all been laughed at before. People tell you, you ask, people ask you, you go to that church, you give all your money up there, and they laugh at you. Mm-hmm. And you get convicted because you don't give enough. <laughs> you know, the devil has a way of working. <laughs> the devil will work something anyway. You know what I'm saying? They laughed him to scorn, but he put all of them out. So here's the root of the problem, folks. If you pay attention, you can learn something about how to get people healed, how to stay healed yourself. Keep faith people around you. Don't have people around you who want to question you. Questions are always the devil. When you're in faith, you don't really have questions because your answers come from the word. I mean, you might have one or two because you doubt a little bit, but doubt's from the devil. You keep faith around you when you need something from God. You keep the right people around you when you want something from God. They laughed him to scorn. He put all them out. He took the father and the mother, them that were with him, and entered where the damsel was lying. Now, he could have done all this by himself. He took the father and the mother because they were concerned about their child. Jesus always wants to alleviate fear. He does things different from the way man does, natural man. You go to the the, uh, doctor and you take your child to the physician. If they're small and the doctor knows they're going to put up a fight, they get mom and dad in there real quick. Oh, come in. You can stay. But if they're of some size, they don't care if you come in or not. You just stay out there until we get Or if they have to do something that will make the parent nervous, they put you out. But Jesus did everything that he did publicly. The parents needed to see what he did to her, especially the ruler of the synagogue. He called himself a religious man. Maybe you'll learn something, amen, if you watch the master. And so 
he brings them all in for their own reason. Mother, of course, wants her child well, and she has a right to be in there to see it. The other thing is with parents, you need permission to work on their children. So Jesus does everything properly. And then he touched her. He went in there and, and touched her and told her, Damsel, I say to you, arise. Right away she woke up. No delay. Huh? Right away she woke up. Now, this depends on your faith. Jesus believes he had the spirit without measure. If anybody could get an instant, he could get an instant. But there were times where he had to touch people twice to get them healed. Sometimes they were healed as they went. You've got to obey me for a season before this healing will take effect in you. And so he says, right away she woke up. She was 12 years old. They were astonished with great astonishment that she had gotten up and he commanded that something should be given to her to eat. How many of y'all been sick, sick, sick? I mean, not unto death. This kid was dead. So when you're sick, oftentimes your appetite is about the last thing to go. And so you start a decline. As you get better, any good doctor won't bring you a hamburger the first day you start feeling better. What do they give you? Miss Pat, what do you give convalescing people? Clear liquids as tolerated. If you start throwing them up, they back it up again, put you on nothing, and start you with the clear. This ain't no convalescent healing. Now, you can clear liquid if you want to, but I'm telling you, if God heals you, you heal. You eat what you want to eat. Got me? And so when God heals you, he brings you back to wholeness and soundness, normal, no, you know, slow down period, be careful period, all that time. He said, just bring her anything that's in there to eat. And trust me, there was a lot of food because they was expecting a funeral and a wake and all that. So they had fried chicken, corn, greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, huh? They had everything, potato salad. So she got to eat what she would not, what they would have been eating without her because she was dead. She got to eat that meal. And that's what God will do for us, folks, if we'll let him. He'll give us all the things that he desires. Put on some music, Miss Juana. We're going to pray for some people. If you came here to be healed, God wants you well. If you're in progress of your healing, he wants to take you a step further. He wants to complete healing in everybody. If you want to have be empowered to lay hands on the sick, I'm not talking about you the next Benny Hinn. You might be. But in your own area, in your own neighborhood, where you live, you can be known as the person that prays for everybody so that they can be healed. God wants you to be known that way. So if you come on up to the altar, I'll pray, Pastor Shirley, and I'll pray for you, and we'll allow you to receive from God. But you've heard the word. You know God wants you well. You came here to hear and to be healed. There is a purpose for your coming here. Praise God.